You are listening to This Hong Kong Life, a podcast by Kelly Support Group to empower the youths of Hong Kong. Welcome to Season 8. When you look into a mirror, you see a reflection of ourselves, an image who we are at the moment that we are looking at it. But any physics student can tell that a mirrored image is only a virtual image. Is it truly who we are, or merely a representation of what we are? We are the hosts of this season, Ryan and William. The theme of this season is Raw Reflections. Together, we'll explore the idea of self-reflection and how it can help us to gain a deeper understanding of ourselves. Each episode, we'll share our own personal stories, methods, or struggles in cultivating self-awareness. Or, we'll invite the guests to share their own journey of self-discovery. Are you ready to dive in? Let's start to challenge presumptions and do some raw reflections. Welcome back. The last time you hear from us is back at August when we have the first Cantonese episode. So William, what have you been up to this month? Wow, this month has been so busy for me because I went to an internship. I'm now working in a startup called BoardClick. I'll have to go to Cyberport every day for work, man. It's just tiring. Oh, it seems like a very traditional HKUSD path where year one students are going to summer internship already. And for me, it's the same thing. I also work at a company, at a startup called Honors, which is another fintech company as well. And William, have you ended your work? Yep, I just ended my work last week. And now I have a week free to deal with things I need to do to prepare for the start of semester. Oh, me too. I also finished my internship already. And after experiencing such a life-changing or a new experience, you know what time it is. It's time for us to do some raw reflections, right? So William, can you tell me more about your internship and how, what you have learned from this experience? Well, actually, I learned a few funny things in this internship because I used to think that I'm a very, very self-disciplined person. But now after this internship, I think that I'm just motivated but not actually very disciplined. Why? Well, because I'm working for a startup, I have to handle everything from strategy to execution to operation. So personally, I prefer a lot more on thinking about the company strategy side. I like doing research and like interviewing people to gain insights into the market. For these, I have 100% confidence that I can fulfill all the jobs and then deliver everything quickly. But when my boss asked me to handle the execution part, which involves developing a working UI UX, to allow users to test, I was frustrated because developing, designing something has never been my thing. And I ended up spending two weeks to complete something that should have been done in a week. Wow, it seems like you really learn a lot in terms of discipline and motivation. And I have read something similar along the lines. And so let me share what is my perspective, like what is my perspective on discipline and motivation. I think discipline is doing the hard work when you don't feel like it. And motivation is that you do something to achieve that goal. You are, you want to do it. You are driven by something. For example, I go to the gym because I'm driven to have a better body. I'm driven to get a six pack. I'm reading books. I'm learning. I'm doing past papers because I'm driven to get a higher grade. But a lot of times when you don't feel like it, when you are struggling, you have a bad day, you know, you didn't sleep well, 
and then you will feel unmotivated. I say, oh, let's slack off, and then you won't do the thing that you usually do. And this is where discipline comes to play. And a lot of times, successful people they have the one trait which is being disciplined. When they don't feel like it, they still push through and do the bare minimum. And this is what separate the greats and the people that succeed. So, I really connected with you this point, and I actually have a similar experience in terms of discipline and motivation. I go to the gym a lot for the past two years, but only because I'm motivated. A lot of times when I'm not motivated, I don't go to the gym. And after realizing it, I start to train my discipline because discipline is very important trait, right? So what I've been doing now is to start small. Start using my discipline. Discipline is sort of like a muscle. I start using discipline in terms of very small things. For example, doing the most tedious things that I don't want to do. For example, when I wake up in the morning, I would make my bed. This is something that trained my discipline muscle, just like all the other muscles. If you train it more, it becomes bigger and bigger. So this is the thing that I'm doing to train my discipline, and eventually, I can. Use my discipline into bigger and bigger things. This is what I learned from being disciplined as well in this summer holiday. So, William, what else did you learn apart from you know being disciplined? I think another thing that I learned is how to think from other people's perspective, because when I was working, I was asked to make quite a lot of PowerPoint presentations for my boss, because I learned how to make very very visual or graphical PowerPoints in school. I adopted the same way in work. So I added a lot of pictures, a lot of icons, a lot of different ways to visualize all the information that I want to present on the slide. But my boss, his style of PowerPoint is kind of somewhat different from what I'm used to. His he is more textual. He wants he's more professional and textual. He wants to deliver all the messages clearly instead of representing them in graphs or visualizations. So a lot of times when I'm creating presentations for him, he'll reject my first version because he said it's too graphical. Initially, I thought I don't understand why he doesn't like my PowerPoint because that's how I learned to make PowerPoints at school. But then I realized I am being selfish and I'm not thinking from his perspective because in work I'm just creating something that I want to do. But to him, what I need to do is not doing something that I want to do. What I need to do is to do something that he wants. So I started thinking from his perspective about what he actually wants. He doesn't want much graphic, so I'll put more text and clear elaborations on the slides. And after thinking from his perspective thoroughly, he finally accepts my PowerPoint, and we have a lot smoother cooperation between us two. So that's another thing that I've learned. Well, it really connects with me. During an internship, what you have to do is meet your boss' expectation, and the way to do it is think from their perspective. And I've had similar experience with William, and I did a playbook, which is about mental health in workplace. To prepare that playbook, I need to give an interview, coordinate many interviews with a lot of HR heads, which is my boss' friend. And how do I do it? Is through prepping a lot of. Informations, doing a lot of research, and asking them during the Zoom meeting. But then my style of interviewing people is very friendly. I would do a lot of jokes. I would make them feel like they are talking to a friend and being very relaxed. I would praise them if I want to. I would tell them, I would show them my appreciation that I really appreciate them for doing this interview and taking their own time. But this 
is something that my boss doesn't like. The reason why is because they are my boss's friend, and my way of conducting an interview is lowering her stance or her power, or making people that are being interviewed are more superior than we are. So once I notice that, I think from her perspective and conduct the interview in a more professional, formal way. So this is something that I learned from the interview as well. I think thinking from other people's perspective is really an、uh, essential skill in the workplace. But apart from that, I also find out that I'm not that detail oriented as I expected, because during work there are a lot of administrative or other very very small tasks that I need to handle. For example, send this document at 10 a.m., adjust this alignment before tomorrow, or just bring something to the meeting. But easy as they seem. I always forget about them because I think they are not important and they don't deserve my attention. So I put all my attention onto things that deserve my attention. But that causes a big problem because although they are tiny things, they need to be fixed. And my boss expects that I can be reliable enough to fix all these things on my own. But I didn't deliver because I was just focusing purely on other stuff. So one thing that I learned out of this experience is just I'm not detail oriented enough. I always miss these tiny stuff in work that will actually irritate the boss because he expects me to be completely reliable, and being reliable means you are able to handle every tiny stuff in work with perfection. William, I really agree with what you are saying by being detail oriented during an internship, because you may seem like you have a very small role in an internship. You are. At the bottom of the food chain, for example, but then small mistakes that you make can have a very large impact. I can give you an example: a famous NBA star Stephen Curry, due to a typo of the name during in the contract, and it caused them to lose about hundreds of millions of dollars or even billions of dollars. So you can see that a mistypo, a very minor detail, can cost the company a lot, especially for business. Where they face a lot of clients, so this is also a very important thing to keep in mind when you're doing an internship. And being detail oriented or not actually reflects into how other people perceive you in the workplace, because the more errors you have, your boss or your coworkers will think that you're not actually being serious in work. And that's something that I encountered in my work as well, because as I mentioned, I have to do a UI UX, which is something that I'm not good at. And because I'm very very frustrated about that, I totally did not have the patience to go through lengthy tutorials on how to use Figma and then how to design the UI UX or how to make connect everything together to make things work. Therefore, every time I give him a new version of the UI UX, it's filled with mistakes, like horrible mistakes that I don't even know how I'm able to make them in the first place, and that. Erodes the patience of my boss because initially he was very friendly, just very encouraging, helping me to correct the mistakes that I have. But as I continually make similar mistakes without knowing how to correct them, he starts to get annoyed, and this translates into a even more unhappiness with me because I don't get the satisfaction from completing this job, and that means that I have to continue working on this tedious task for even longer time. So I think. This part translates into your attitude. Having a very very good attitude is paramount in work. And having a good attitude means that whatever your boss tells you to do, you have to finish it with perfection. Even the tiny details, you have to 
finish it with perfection because that reflects your attitude and they will perceive it unconsciously. But I have a question, William. It's kind of easy to say something like have a good attitude, be open-minded, and trying to commit to the work. But sometimes, and I mean a lot of times, I heard from my friends' complaints: the job, the tasks that they're doing are pointless. They don't find a purpose in doing that. It makes them lose their motivation. So how can you deal with that? And I, I think it's something similar as well. I think that's that's something that I encounters as well because creating a UI UX is definitely not. What I expected in work, I expected to do a lot of high-level strategic thinking, but instead I'm doing a lot of low-level executional tasks, which is mundane, tedious, and very, very boring. But I think it is these tasks are kind of the tests that your boss or superior will give you, because if we think from their perspective, you just came into the company, they don't know if you can handle everything well. And they have to use something to test you to see your ability, to see what jobs you can actually handle. So initially, they'll definitely give you some boring, easy tasks for you to do. If you can actually succeed in these jobs with perfection, they'll give you. They'll gradually increase the complexity of the work that they'll give you, and you will feel the satisfaction afterwards. So I think not finding the motivation in work is purely. Based on our short-term view of things, we focus on the present moment. We are doing pointless stuff. This is wasting my time. I should quit this job. But if we adopt a long-term world view, we can actually see that if we are able to finish these tiny, easy tasks perfectly, we'll be able to take on more important, or more difficult, more complex tasks in the future. Oh, what you're saying is really true. I think when you're working, you need to think long-term, like short-term. They are all tedious tasks, but in the long run, once you prove to them your attitude is good, they will give you more tasks. And this is something that my boss teach me as well. Like my boss Hannes, she tells me that working is like playing table tennis. They will serve you a very easy serve at first, like a slow ball, like those tedious tasks. If you return it back with good work, then they will give you another piece of task that are more complex, and the cycle goes. On and on. So if you continues to return their serve with good attitude, good work, they will eventually give you more and more stuff. And this is how you rise to promotion. This is how you develop and gain your boss's trust. I think this is something that I learned during this internship as well. This is a great analogy. And to add on to this, I think another reason why people just can't Accept this table tennis analogies is because they don't have an open mind to learn things. They think that they only want to do stuff or learn things that are directly related to their career. For example, I want to do something in finance. So if you don't give me something related to financial modeling or talking to clients, I'm not doing it because that's totally pointless. I have to see gains in everything that I do. But I think that it's important to have a very open mind in work because you don't know what. These skill sets to develop from doing these easy or somewhat mundane tasks will give you in the future. Yes, this is absolutely true. And if you become open-minded and trying to learn new skills that may seem irrelevant to you, you will actually be doing something called skill stacking, which is a very important skill in this modern age. The definition of skill stacking is like stacking up irrelevant skills and finding a common ground to use all those skills. For example. If you are a star, you are very beautiful. You are very handsome in the, in the eyes. 
if you are intelligent as well, and if you know how to socialize, they are all added skills. They're skill stacking. Another example I can give is Steve Jobs. Like he is very good at engineering, but once he was fired from Apple, he learned design, and that design skills help him to create Apple, the design of the Apple iPhone. So this is something that we should keep in mind to be open-minded. Maybe now your learning skills that are irrelevant, but in the long term, you can somehow connect the dots and create something that is very unique. And this is something that we need to keep in mind during work. I believe when you are doing work, you will face a lot of tedious tasks. For example, for me, I hate doing marketing stuff because designing posters, writing captions, these are not the stuffs that I don't really like. And I think eventually it will be replaced by ChatGPT or AI. So I, I'm reluctant to do those kind of things. But once I learn it, I can know, I can learn how to capture people's attention through words or through graphics, which is something. That eventually, in the future, can help me. So I think keeping an open mind when during internship or different areas in life is very important as well. Well, that's interesting to see that you realize you don't like to do marketing in your job because another thing that I think is important in job is just to keep an open mind, explore everything, so that you know what you like and don't like. Just like Ryan had kept an open mind during his work, he was able to discover. That he doesn't like marketing, and the same goes for me as well. Because I had a somewhat open mind, not completely open. I discovered that I actually don't like any backend development stuff. I don't like making websites. I don't like making UI UX. I don't like doing all those PowerPoint. They are quite boring to me. What excites me is actually the process of talking to clients, pitching to them, and generally communicating with them to understand what they want, and then strategizing how we can modify our product or how we can modify our approach to suit what they want. So that's another benefit of keeping an open mind because you never know what you actually like until you try it, and it's not about trying it for one or two days. It's about trying it for maybe weeks or even months until you realize whether you like it or not. Hmm, that that is a really good point about. Experimenting with a lot of things, but let me ask for the audience. You know, as a very young people like person, I I don't really know what to experience first. I'm scared. I I sort of have this mindset is that I want it to be perfect the first time I try that job. I fell in love with it, so I can continue with this part. How can you fix this kind of mindset, like this attitude of I want to get it right the first place? Because a lot of people think in this way, and they're not willing to experience things. That are unpleasant. Well, that's actually a quite common phenomenon that we both see in、uh, whether among our friends or just generally in Hong Kong. But I don't think that is actually a problem to fix because they think they want something and then they're willing to throw themselves into that thing to try it. That actually gives them an opportunity and a kind of direction for them to see whether this is something that suits them. Instead, I think that. Not knowing what you want and then not trying anything is actually worse than having a direction and not wanting to try other things. But how do you think about that? Yeah, I, I believe it's true. It relates to happiness. A lot of times, inactions create those kind of self doubt. You say, "Oh, I'm doubting myself because I'm not doing work. I'm saying negative things about myself." And you spend the most time with yourself. So imagine a tiny person that keeps on shouting at you for the whole day. So this is what. 
negative self-talk would hurt our mental health. So during the internship, like before I did the internship, I saw a lot of friends do an internship, but I'm afraid that the internship that I picked would be wrong for me. So I was reluctant to pick any internship and this kind of inactions would actually create negative self-talk. I would shout at myself, I would criticize myself for saying, hey, Others are doing work, they are improving. But what are you doing? You are doing nothing. You are just watching YouTube or Netflix at home. You should do something. You should do something. And then my other side will argue that, but I don't know what to do. I'm afraid that the first job that I get would be wrong, would be boring. But the thing is, you would experience some, you need to experience the bad things. You need to experience something you don't like in order to find something that you like. It is very relative. So you need to go out there, throw yourself out there, step out of the comfort zone and try different types of work before knowing which work that you like best. Well, I think I really resonate with that because a lot of times I'm trapped in kind of my own debate within myself. Is this the right path or is this, is this not the right path? So I spend a lot of time just thinking like Ryan, which is the good path for me to choose because I don't want to accept failures. I want to be perfect every single time. But instead of that thinking, I recently realized a funny thing that we can actually do, which is making hypotheses. Instead of just debating within ourselves, is this the right thing that we need to do? Why don't we just make a hypothesis that hmm, maybe this is something that I need to do. And the next thing that we have to do is to validate that hypothesis by engaging in that sort of thing. So for example, I may think that I like to develop a product, a software. So let's just try it to see if I actually like it or not. Instead of just thinking, weighing the pros and cons of yes, for or against within yourself without trying anything at all. Once you set your mind to it, you say, oh, maybe, oh, the next big thing is AI coding. Let me try some coding. Then you throw yourself out there and try it. Try an internship, try an online course. And then once I found out, oh, I don't really like it, then move on. You can quickly move on to the next big thing. If you're very fortunate, you would discover that, oh, actually coding is your calling, then you can continue. So this is something like a trial and error, this kind of process, instead of just thinking about it, because inactions cause your mental health. And that's the same message that I want to convey as well, because I think that what will make us happy or when we look back 10 years from now, what will make us remember is not our success, but actually the dumb things that we did in our teenage age. So let's just throw away all these negative thoughts or inner debates and just make hypotheses and try it because I think failure is what makes our story interesting, but not success. Mm, yeah, and I can also connect this idea with one of my internship experience as well. I always debate whether to ask my boss for help as well. I think this is something that you will encounter in your internship is that your boss, they are very senior, like relatively more senior than you. So they have a lot of work, they have a lot of things and you don't really want to bother them. And so what I did for the longest time is to debate on whether to reach out for them for help or should I find external help in the internet, you know, trying to find some feedback. So I would give myself this pros and cons list again and trying to figure out, oh, should I ask them? Oh, if I ask them, then I will get the things done faster. But I will create a negative impact, a ne negative image of me by being useless or dumb that I didn't, didn't know how to do it. But then instead of doing this, 
at the later part of my internship, I make out a hypothesis say, hey, maybe what the boss wants is for me to reach out to them when, when I don't know anything. So I reach out to them and turns out my hypothesis is true. The boss always welcomed me to ask them questions and they're actually glad that I asked them because it will create a better product at the end. So this is something that I learned as well. When you are facing your boss, you have something that you don't know, feel free to reach out to your boss because they are really willing to help you. I think that's a very good note to end our episode today. To wrap up everything, I think the main message that we want to convey to you all is to be open-minded. Be open-minded to hypothesize what you like or don't like in life. Be open-minded to do things you actually don't like, to train your self-discipline. And be open-minded to accepting new ways of doing things and thinking from others' perspective. So that's the end of our podcast. Thank you for listening. Yay! This is the end of the episode. Thank you for listening. This Hong Kong Life is an initiative of Kelly Support Group, a youth organization empowering young people to reach their full potential in Hong Kong. If you like this show, please subscribe to get news of our latest episodes. If you have any ideas for This Hong Kong Life, reach out to us by Instagram DM at kellysupportgrp or drop us a note at contact at kelly.org. Stay tuned and see you next time. Bye!